Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe Miami Heat podcast. After a short break, we are back better than ever. I am joined, as always, with the champ, Norris Cole. The champ is here! It's been a while, but we back in the building. What's going on, Sean? Everything is good. How was your Thanksgiving holiday? I know you got to come back home for a little bit. Yes, Thanksgiving was amazing. I hadn't been home since August, so it was great to come home and see the family and get some good good old home food. Um, you know, it, it was great. Yeah, same. I went up, uh, I was kind of in the middle of Pennsylvania up at my girlfriend's parents' place and uh, had some good food. I saw some snow, which was not a welcome sight. It did snow on Saturday before we left. Uh, I was hustling back, and I don't want to start on a bad note, but I do feel like we do have to touch on the Ohio State-Michigan game. Hey, 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 we're not going <laughs> to talk much about that. You, you don't want to talk much about the UM and Florida State game, do you? That's true, that's true, that's true, that's true. No, man, I, you know, I, no matter what, after 10 years, it's about time yeah. they won again because I'm, you know, I'm pro Ohio State. You know that. <laughs> I agree. It is, you know what, it was bound to happen eventually. I didn't think it was going to be this year. I saw Michigan play against Penn State a few weeks before that. Um, I was in Penn State and got to see it in person. I did not think they had the team that could beat Ohio State. I thought Ohio State's offense was going to be too powerful, but they got it done. Perhaps to them. And yeah. uh, let's see if they can continue this week and actually win the big 10. Cause I, it would be a very Michigan thing to do to get that big win and then maybe lay a, <laughs> lay an egg this week, but this we won't root true. against this is too much. Um, so how's right, it going right. over there with your season in Spain and, and update us what's been going on over the last few weeks. Uh, so we won the last game um, before, before we went on a little break, Thanksgiving break. Um, we're still first place in the champions league. Um, and we're, we're, we're right there at the edge of qualifying for the playoffs. Uh, we still have a little work to do, but, you know, we're in position to where we can qualify for the playoffs. Yeah, that's good to hear. Um, since we've we've uh, taken that break, last time we spoke, the Heat were 6-1. and one. So it was still very early in the season, I think at the end of the second week of the season. Um, and, and now the Heat sit at 13-8. and eight. Um, if you if you calculate that out, they're on pace for around five, 55, maybe 56 wins at this rate. Um, seventh offensive rating, 112 offensive rating, ninth and defensive rating right around 106. The fourth best net, which would be 5.8, the difference between those two. And um, that's fourth best behind Golden State, Utah and Phoenix, which are obviously three of, if not the best teams among the best teams. So we're sitting pretty with, you know, what we've had and there's been some up and downs obviously, but as you're looking at the team right now, you know, as this kind of the first segment, the first 20 games has now been finished. What are your thoughts, just kind of overall thoughts of what you've seen so far? Overall, what I've seen is a, a mature basketball team, um, which, I, which is what I think that, you know, Pat and uh, Coach Bo was trying to build. They have an experienced team. They're able to compete, you know, among the elite teams in the league. Um, they're, we're a balanced team, you know. We're a balanced team. We, we, we're, you know, efficient offensively. And we're also incredibly competitive defensively. So I think we have a well-balanced team. Um, like you said, we had a couple hiccups, you know, a couple hiccups. And we also had some guys in and out of the lineup. But overall, 
I think our team has the balance to be able to compete with anybody, which is important when you start talking about teams like, you know, Brooklyn and Milwaukee, and then in the Western Conference teams like Phoenix and Golden State and L.A. I think our roster is built to be able to compete with anybody. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know, we've we've beaten some of the best teams in the league. We beat Utah twice. Um, we beat right. the Brooklyn Nets. Um, we've, you know, we beat the Bulls a few nights ago. We've had our losses against teams that maybe we we should have beat per se, but like the league as a whole is very balanced this year. It's very exciting because it, almost on any given night, with the exception of a few teams at the bottom, like the Houston's and the Oklahoma Cities and the Detroit's, really everybody else is pretty competitive. And, and that's not to say that everybody has a chance to win the championship. That's probably not true either. But Miami is in that group of you know a dozen or so teams, maybe a little less than that, that can truly win a championship this year if things break right. Oh, man, I agree totally. And one of the reasons for that is, you know, we have three-point shooting. Um, we can play with pace. Um, we have a guy who we can give the ball to and say, here, take us to the promised land, and Jimmy Butler, who can deliver. Um, we have interior defenders and interior offensive, you know, players. Uh, we have a, a juggernaut off the bench and Tyler Hero who can come in and change the game. We have a coach with big game experience, championship pedigree. Uh, you know, we have all the pieces, you know, that say we can compete. It's just a matter of, you know, working the process, getting better, staying healthy, you know, and seeing what happens later this season. But so far, I'm, I'm really excited about, you know, the possibilities of what this season can bring. Yeah, definitely. Uh, before we move into those possibilities, we're going to get a quick word from one of our sponsors, Bet Online. Uh, we're back and better than ever, a new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAV50, that's B L E A V 50, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, basically anything you want to bet on, Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all these amazing offers as we wrap up the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. So, Norris, as we look at these possibilities moving forward, um, I kind of want to touch on just a couple different players. And, and I think our conversation is probably going to bring us to different moments that we've had over the last few weeks and then kind of project it forward. So I want to start with Bam. Um, you know, when we talk about certain players, he's one of those guys that it reminds me a little bit of one of your teammates, Chris Bosch, in a way that Chris sometimes unjustly got blamed for things that were not his fault. Like Bam sometimes gets criticized. And, and unfortunately, we're talking a lot of times about media or social media, um, people that maybe aren't as in tune with what's going on in the in the in the locker room on the basketball floor. Um, Bam right now is averaging 19, 10, and three. Um, you know, there, there's been some criticism of, of, you know, he needs to shoot a three. He needs to be more aggressive. He needs to do this. And, and that carries back to last year. But statistically, 19, 10, and three from your guy, that, that's pretty darn good. What have you seen from Bam so far? And, and do you still see maybe a, a growth or an expansion to his game? Well, one, I've been pleased with how he's been playing. Um, we got to remember, Bam is still a young player in this league. Mm -hmm. But – He's been very effective in how he plays, and it's helping our team win. A lot of people 
who criticize him, like you said, who may not be in tune with what's really going on, you got to understand, he has to play to his strengths first, first and foremost. You don't go out there experimenting or playing to your weaknesses. And he's done a great job of playing to his strengths within the concept of our team, which has been very valuable for our team. Yes, he can grow, obviously. I mean, he's a young player, so of course he can grow. But I think as long as he's doing what he's doing and dominating in his role and his strengths, I think that'll be enough for us to be able to win a championship. Of course, I hear people say he needs to, you know, shoot the three ball more. Um, I don't believe that's necessarily true. Of course, expanding his game would make him more of a weapon, but I think he can be an all-star player without that. I think he can become an NBA champion without that. I think he can be a defensive player of the year without that. Uh, you know, I think he can do everything he's on pace to do without that. And obviously adding those things would obviously boost him even more. But I believe he has to continue to be who he is and just continue the process of getting better as a young player. Yeah, I think it's a luxury. I think that's a good word. Like he would, if he had a three point yep. shot, I mean, he would be so great, but he's still a great player without it. Like that would just take him maybe to another level. Um, you know, I, we talked pre show a little bit about the game last night against the Denver Nuggets. And, and I know, you know, when talking to you, you said it was late, you know, you, we got to remember that Norris is over in Spain. Those games are pretty late, middle of the night type of things. And um, there was a moment last night in the third quarter where he did not play very well in the first half. And um, his, he had a little bit of a, like he was like grimacing and, and clenching his, his, his hand. He kind of messed it up on a dunk and you, know, you could tell it was bothering him, but all of a sudden he started going to the jump shot and it wasn't the three pointer. It was the mid range jump shot from the elbow, from the nail, uh, from the short corner. And there was no hesitation. And, and you can see that he has that. And it's like you go through these waves of he's aggressively looking for a shot. Maybe it's because Tyler and Jimmy weren't out there and he felt like he had to. He knows mm -hmm. like he has an advantage over guys like a Nikola Jokic is, is obviously a great player. I mean, the league's MVP last year, but he has that athletic advantage over him, even though he's not as tall as him. He's, you know, six foot nine. He's a small center. But like there's times in waves where like you look at him and you're like, wow, if he could just do this every night. And then you have those lows where it's like, bam, like, look at the basket, man, please. So how do you maybe like stabilize that? So the, the waves aren't as big. So it's maybe more like straight down the middle. Yeah, I would say, you know, watching film with him and constantly encouraging him, you know, that's the biggest thing, especially for, you know, a player, you know, like now this is his third year. Um I was I would just encourage him, watch film with him and show him when he is aggressive, show him what it looks like, show him how, how dominant our team looks, shows him, show him the body language of the defenders, what they look like when he's aggressive, show him our bench, what it looks like when he's aggressive so he can see it. You know, when a player sees that, you know, he can he can feel it and, and get the better grasp and then constantly encouraging, bam, be aggressive. Bam, be aggressive. Man, we need you to be aggressive. You know, and I think that's that's all you can really do because, you know, he has the tools to shoot the mid-range. He has the tools we know to dribble handoff, pick and roll, roll, lob threat, you know, rebound. He has the tools. It's just a matter of him, you know, figuring it out to the next level because he's already, like we said, he's already doing a great job. But in order to go to the next level, you just have to continue to feed it to him, feed his mind, you know, encourage him, show him the film. And I think – I think eventually he'll get it. And plus, 
the people who he's going to have to go against in order for us to win the championship, he's going to have to bring it. You know, there's some talented, you know, four and five men in the East and in the West, you know, that you could possibly face that you're going to need Bam to be, you know, electrifying. Would you say that, um, you know, when, when your teammate, Chris Bosch, you know, he went through that transformation of shooting more jump shots. It wasn't really part of his game prior to that, that second year that he was in Miami. Would you say that was kind of the process that he went through, like a positive encouragement, showing film? You know, they're two different players. I hate to like, you know, compare them too much, but I think it's it's similar in the way that, you know, eventually Chris became very confident in that shot. And early on, I think it was something that he had to grow into or grow confidence in. Would you say that's a similar path? Well, Chris Boss is a shooter. You know, he's more of a shooter than Bam is, so it's a little different. Chris Boss is a shooter. It's just that he expanded mm-hmm. – to the three-point line, but Chris was always a shooter, but we did encourage him a lot, though. (laughs) We encouraged him to be very aggressive, and we watched a lot of film with him, and I know personally, uh, Juwan Howard and Coach Fizz, they watched a lot of film with him and showed him, you know, spots where he can be aggressive, more aggressive, and, you know, we all encouraged him, like, CB, we, you know, we need you, CB, in order for us to win this, we, we, you know, we need you to take that next step, so we always, encouraged him and he and he was able to watch the film and see when he's dynamic our team is dynamic yeah I love, that's a great point uh i want to move into pj tucker and he you know kind of becomes the uh unheralded like he does the dirty work he doesn't always get all the attention but he's clearly a winning player and and he's getting praises from the guys that matter the spolstras his teammates pat riley is just gushing about him whenever he can talk about him you know, 7.6 rebounds doesn't measure P.J. Tucker. His his numbers in the box score are never going to measure, you know, the effort that he gives on defense, the, you know, screens that he sets, the uh, boxing out and, and allowing his teammate, whether it's Bam or someone else, to go get the rebound. What have you seen out of P.J. Tucker? Because he just seems like it's overdue that he's in a Heat uniform. He's just one of those guys that Heat fans love. He's what you call a championship-level role player. There's a difference from a role player – there's a difference from a player who's a championship player and a not championship player. And, and he's exactly that. He's a championship player. And he's a championship role player. And you have to have guys like that in order to win a championship. You have to have guys that are excited to do what we call the small things. But in reality, those are the things that get your team over the hump to win a championship. And he does all the small things very well. And that's actually a skill set. When you can bring a motor every night and you can be available every night, that's a skill set. You know, his IQ, everything you everything you said can be summed up in he's a high IQ championship level player. He knows when to take the charge. He can be a pest on defense. He can knock down the corner three. He can get those offensive rebounds, put back dunks every now and then. You know, he just does everything that you need that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. And every player appreciates being on the court with a guy like that. They bring high value to the team. And, you know, we had a bunch of those on our championship team. We had a bunch of guys, you know, who who could fill that type of role. And I believe that having him here is one of the reasons why we're a legit threat, you know, to win a championship. Yeah, I've heard you say this many times, and, and I think it's it's something that's came from Coach Spo is, is be a star in your role. Like, don't try to be Absolutely. anything else. Just be a star. And he does that. He doesn't care how many shots he gets. He doesn't care if he shoots it, period. He just wants to win. 
He wants to help his teammates shine, setting screens and doing those things. So, yeah, I, I love watching PJ. I think some people were skeptical on it early on, like if he was the right signing, if he would fit. He fits, I mean, seamlessly for sure. Um, let's move into Jimmy Butler before we take a break. Jimmy Butler averaging right now 23, 6, and 5, plus two steals. He's right there in the MVP conversation. If the Heat can elevate themselves, you know, above a Brooklyn Nets or a Milwaukee Bucks when the season ends in the East standings, I think Jimmy's going to be right in that conversation. I mean, he's, he's raised his level of play when the Heat have needed it ever since he's been here. But Jimmy this year is, I mean, it's just spectacular. He's missed a couple games due to some injuries and things like that, but that's okay. Like, I think maintaining him, keeping him healthy, making sure that we he's there when we get to the end of the line, when we're at the playoffs, stuff like that. What have you seen out of Jimmy? I've seen exactly that. He leads wherever the team needs him to lead. A lot of times that's scoring. Other times it's facilitating. Other times it's, you know, like we all know, you know, playing lockdown defense with his teammate and taking on the challenge of the other team's best player. You know, Jimmy is a do-it-all type of player. And, you know, of course, we like we, we love for him to be aggressive all the time because um, when he plays that way, obviously he's an MVP candidate type of player. He makes our team more dynamic. Uh, but he he's the type of player that he looks and figures out what does the team need tonight on this particular night, and he provides that for us. And, um you know, I hope he continues, but at the end of the day, his health comes first. We need him to be healthy and playing right, you know, when the, when the time comes that we need him the most. So I think the games that he missed sometimes is, you know, it's necessary in order for him to be as healthy as he can be because part of winning the championship, you know, is having your full roster. You know, we call it being a little bit lucky because to go through the grind of the season, Sometimes you lose players, and so you have to be smart during the season when you have to manage guys, and I think we've done a great job managing him because obviously he's a warrior. You know, he's, he's a warrior, and so, you know, him missing a few games, we'll take that as long as he's available when it really counts. Yeah, and I think to that point, it also gives opportunities for other guys to step up. And, I, and we're going to talk about some of those guys as we get, you know, towards the, the back half of this episode. But, you know, the Caleb Martins, the Max Struces, uh, Gabe Vincent, Tyler, obviously, those guys have stepped up when the opportunity has been there and opened up minutes. You know, when, when Jimmy's not playing, it opens up 30-something minutes. Now those guys get to have a chance to go out there and shine. And, and we'll talk about them in a second. Before we do that, though, we have a new sponsor. Uh, it is Lightbox. So speaking of Jimmy, Jimmy likes diamonds. He wants championship diamonds. And we're going to talk about Lightbox diamonds. So say goodbye to dog gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gifts of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but just are grown in a lab. Because of the process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off price, so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. Thanks for joining in as one of our new sponsors of the show. So as we move away from Jimmy, I want to talk about Kyle and Duncan in the starting lineup. And we'll start with Kyle. Um, 12, 5, and 8 so far. Um, he's really, you can tell he's starting to try to find his place. I and mean, we talked about that a little bit as a point guard. Like 
he's a good scorer too, but he's he's definitely trying to facilitate and get his teammates involved, kind of like Jimmy does in a way. Like he feels out the game, get his teammates going, and when you need him, he can step it up. He's done that in a couple fourth quarters. Um, you know, with Kyle's veteran leadership, we talked early on about the pitch ahead passes, getting his team into transition. He's doing a great job defending. He's taking charges, doing those things that Kyle Lowry has done, you know, for his entire career. What have you seen out of Kyle and, and his early impact on this team, how it's translating into winning and whatnot? One thing that, I, that I've noticed other than what you mentioned is Kyle can also be our one of our closers. Obviously, we have Jimmy, but Kyle has shown me as a guy we can give the ball to in clutch situations and say, make a play for us, whether it's scoring or whether it's attacking, bringing the defense down and making the right play. He's had some monster fourth quarters, man. And at the end of quarters, you know, he hits major shots or draws fouls at the end of quarters, you know, in order to get, you know, free throws. So I think he's a guy who will be able to give the ball to in, in clutch situations if we can't get it to Jimmy. Or if, you know, he has it going that night, you can say, Kyle, you know, take us home. I, that's one thing I've noticed. Those fourth quarters are major. I, I noticed about point guards, how do they close quarters? How do they, you know, break down the defense and, He's shown that he can break the defense down and close out quarters in a strong way, and that's going to be important going down the stretch. Yeah, absolutely. He's been through so many different experiences, and, and we have some veteran guys on this team, obviously, but he definitely, to me, he has a calmness to him, which is important at that position. You, can, you think a lot of times quarterbacks and point guards are very similar, and he never seems to get rattled. And right. he, he understands when to push and go fast and when to dial it back and go slow. And, and I think that changing paces, not just for himself as a player, he's a very shifty player, but like for the team itself, I think helps because especially when he's out there with guys like, you know, Tyler and Bam and, and Gabe and Caleb and Spruce, like these guys that haven't been through it a lot, those guys sometimes you can tell in the second unit, they get sped up a lot. And, and he's a guy and Jimmy's a guy that sometimes just get the ball in their hands and all of a sudden everything calms down and then we execute a little bit better. Is that something you see out of him as a, as a point guard yourself? I think that's something you can probably relate to. Absolutely, and that's important. You have to have a guy out there who's going to be poised, and that's the word that, that we use. We need You need your point guard to be poised out there on the court. No matter what the score is, no matter what the time situation is, you want to have poise because that keeps the rest of the team calm. You know, that gives Coach Spo a chance, to, you know, to have some confidence out there. You know, when everything's erratic, he has to call timeout. He has to step up, you know, and be a little bit more dramatic out there. But when when the point guard is poised and the point guard is calm, Coach Spo can be a little bit more relaxed and calm. And that way everybody on the court can feel confident about what they're trying to do. And like you said, he's been in all the situations. He's been favored in situations. He hasn't been favored. He's won some wars. He's lost some wars. You know, he's fashioned for this. And I believe it's only the beginning. He's not in midseason form yet. And that's why I'm excited because he's been having these big fourth quarters and he's not even in, you know, midseason form yet. And I think that's going to go to another level once he, you know, once he really is in Miami Heat culture shape, you know, once he gets, you know, 35, 40 games in, you know, I think there's another, even another level, you know, that he can go to. Yeah, I, I definitely think the best is ahead for Kyle. And I think Heat fans are really going to enjoy having him along this ride because, you know, point guards, you see this in college basketball, that, you know, in the tournament, like point guards are so important. And not to, 
look back at Dragic or Kendrick Nunn or guys that have played the point guard position in recent years, but he's just a different type of guy that, that brings that steadiness. And I'm really excited to see him as we get into the playoffs. Uh, one guy left in the starting five, and that's Duncan Robinson. And, and Duncan has been um, the voice of, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of people worrying about him. Um, he's not shooting the ball. Well, that's, that's pretty clear at this point. He's right under 33%, 32.8%. Um, he's we're, we're recording this a day after I think he went one of nine and had three points against the Nuggets. Um, you know, the slump that he's in, he's he's still top, I think, top seven, top eight in three points made. But the percentage is down. It's down about seven percent to last year. But if you also look at different players around the league, like, for example, Damian Lillard, obviously, he's much better than Duncan Robinson. We're not comparing the two. He's down about nine percent on the three-point shot from last year. There's a lot of guys that are in a little bit of a funk starting off the season, whether it's a new ball or whatever the heck it is, the new defensive allowing a little bit more physical play, whatever, the shooting is down across the league. It's not just Duncan Robinson, but we only want to worry about Duncan in this conversation. What do we do about this as a team? Nothing. You just continue, <laughs> you just continue to roll with it. Sound cliche, but nothing. You don't you don't do anything. You you continue to play. You continue to get him the ball, and you continue to trust. You know that he's going to come through because I mean he is a talented shooter, and every shooter goes through ups and downs. And so, as long as he doesn't lose his confidence, as long as you see him still putting in his work in the gym, you do absolutely nothing. You keep believing in him. You keep drawing the plays up for him. Um, and, and you let the shots fall where they're made. Um, obviously, our team is still doing well, so it's not like it's costing us a lot of games, you know. So that that's what we call it leaves us room for improvement, which is a good thing. You don't want to peak out too soon as a team, and so his struggles, you know, I don't think they're going to continue. But it, it it gives our team room to improve, which which should be scary to some teams around the league to say that we still have a lot of improvement to go. Yeah. You know, I think also on the, on the volume aspect of it, it's not easy. Like a lot of people say 40%, that's where he should be at 40% on nine, 10 shots a game, all of them coming from behind the arc. That's, that's not an easy thing to do. I was looking at this earlier today, like, you know, besides Steph Curry and I think CJ McCollum has a similar volume. Everyone else is right around in that 33 to 38% or lower at that volume of shots per game. If he can get it up to like 38%, 37%, that's I'm okay with that. I know the 40% line is where a lot of people are standing at. And I think to your point, it goes a lot into what you talked about with Bam, like the positive encouragement, still giving him the ball, still getting him those looks. And every time he shoots it, you have to con confidently think it's going in. I mean, that, that's the mentality he has to have. And I think his teammates have to have also. And eventually he's going to break out of this. I mean, he, he's too good of a shooter to continue to shoot at this level. Uh, I, I just think it's a matter of time. Every shooter goes through a slump like this. Every, every shooter goes through a slump like this. You know, so why should we expect any different? Um, and like you said, with the volume of shots that he's taking, it's, you know, it's difficult. You know, it's not as easy as people think, like, oh, he shoots a lot of three, he should be making them. No, it's difficult, especially now because he has a target on his back. He signed a big contract. You know, he's not a secret anymore. And so this is just him being able to adjust. And, you know, like I said, the team will continue to feed him confidence and that'll give our team room to grow. And when he starts to become more consistent, like we know he will be, that'll take our offense to an even another level. Yeah. And, and 
taking it to another level, we're going to talk about Tyler Hero next. And he's a guy that has already taken it to another level. And I think there's even more levels above that. He, uh, he really put in the work this offseason. And, you know, if you go back a couple episodes, back into the summertime, we joked about people calling him out and he was going to concerts and all these different things people were pointing at. And Tyler has shown he put in the work. He got stronger. He worked with Drew Hanlon and some other guys. And he is just killing it. I mean, he's 22-6-4 off the bench. He's had a couple 30-point games off the bench. He stepped in the starting lineup a couple times. Six-man-of-the-year candidate, most improved player candidate. I mean, he has been everything and more than you could ever expect. I know you're a big fan of Tyler. What have you seen out of him so far in the first 20 games? Tyler's got to be like one of the most confident guys you ever met in your life. At least that's at least that's how his demeanor is out there on the court. It don't matter who on the court with him, no matter who's on the other team, he out there to get buckets. And he's gonna get buckets no matter who's out there. And that's the, the demeanor that he has. And I, I like that demeanor. I like guys that go out there and just be like, you know what? I don't care who, what, when, where. I'm gonna give you this work. And there's nothing you can do about it. And that's how he's playing. And obviously that comes from the work that he's put in and you know, we want him to continue to do this. We want this to be, you know, not just a one-time thing or not just the beginning of the season thing. We want this to go on all season because that makes our that makes our depth very, very dynamic. When we can come off the bench with somebody like that, and you know, that can also give some relief to Duncan. You know, if he's struggling, you know, we know we have somebody else that we can go to to stretch the floor. And so, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of Hero, man. <laughs> Tyler yeah, Hero, he's, the hero. <laughs> he has been That's our what I hero. That's, he gets to going. Man, when he gets to going, I'll just be like, the hero. Every time he <laughs> shoots the shot, the hero. <laughs> hey, I want to touch on a couple other guys, not you know individually, but Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, Max Struess, Dwayne Dedman, that bench mob. You've talked about this many times, that second unit, the way that they could impact a game. It's important to a championship team. They have each had different moments where they've really shined, but collectively, some people question our depth. And that group of people, obviously, uh, Markeith Morris right now is injured. He was in that group. Eventually, we'll get Victor Oladipo back. Those guys have impacted games, and they've stepped up when people have been out. What have you seen out of that bench group and their impact on our winning? Heat culture. That's what I see. I just see heat culture. When your number is called, you go out there, you compete. And you do your job. And each one of those guys, like you said, in different games have had their moments. Struce, he does what Struce does. He makes threes. He attacks offensively. He gets. He goes for the loose balls. You know, Vincent. You know, he's showing that. You know, he has some offensive game. You know, obviously he's out there to, to play defense and you know change the pace of the game. But he's also showing he got some offensive game too. He can knock down open three. You know, he can he can attack the paint and you know make those floaters and layups. And we all know, you know, Detman, you know, he's a warrior. He's going to defend at a high level. And he can also knock down that, you know, pick and pop, you know, mid-range and, you know, three sometimes. So, you know, I think that's just Heat Nation, the development program that the Heat have, um, the next guy up mentality. And each person is going to be needed on this journey. It may not be, you know, a heavy volume, but each person is going to have a moment where it's like, man, we wouldn't have won this game without them. And, and they're just a testament of that. Yeah, and you know, when, when we get to the playoffs, he's going to probably dial it down to eight, nine guys, and some of these guys might get squeezed out. But there's going to be moments right. in those playoff games where, 
you know, somebody unfortunately gets in foul trouble or rolls an ankle or something like that. And you're going to need these guys. And so these moments that they're having already in the first 20 games and that they'll have over the next 60 or so games, it's so valuable because you don't want those guys going out there, you know, for the first time, you know, nervous as can be, and and, and they're going to be nervous in their first playoffs and a lot of these guys, you know, experience levels, but the experience in the regular season is going to give them confidence. It's going to pay off later. Exactly. That's why we call it the season. You know, you get everybody, you know, on the same page in the season so that when the playoffs start, you know, everything is, you know, everything is a go. Yeah. And, you know, we've, we've kind of went through the roster. Hopefully, you know, Markeith Morris has been dealing with injury since the, the whole Jokic thing. Um, you know, it's been almost three weeks. He's had that whiplash injury. So hopefully he's back soon. Uh, Victor Oladipo, you know, it's, it's, we keep it close to our chest. We don't know a lot what's going on with that, but I'm glad they're not right. rushing him back. Take your time, get healthy. And he's going to be that boost sometime in the middle of the season, whenever it is, if he can yes, come sir. back healthy, him and Tyler, along with this other, you know, group off the bench, it's just a deep, deep team, talented, can play a lot of different styles, very versatile on both ends. If you're a heat fan, you have to be excited, encouraged 13 and eight, Lots of good things ahead. They've went through a tough schedule. They played a lot of road games so far. They have another stretch of road games coming up. And then the back half of the season, you're sitting in Miami for a lot of the time. There's a lot of home games backloaded. So if we can just kind of tread water, continue to get better every day, the back half has a lot of winnable home games where you're staying at home, you're getting rest. So I'm encouraged about that. Norris, before you close this up, Anything you want to plug and, uh, you know, we'll be back next week. We, we apologize for that little break that we had, but we'll be back in the routine weekly shows moving forward through the season. Absolutely. It's holiday time. It's holiday season for those of Heat Nation who want to have special requests, you know, to their loved ones or to their friends. Hit me up on the Cameo app. You can check on my social media on Twitter, on Instagram or on TikTok. You know, hit me up on Cameo, send me your requests, and I'll get them back to you. And for those who love sports trivia, make sure you go out and play the Norris Cold Tournament on Loop Mogul. And you can also see see the links on my social media, on my Twitter, and on my IG. Heat Nation, once again, we want to thank you guys. Make sure you guys like. Make sure you guys subscribe. Make sure you guys send in your requests so that me and Sean can answer them for you. And until next time. We out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.